Now back to In the Box on TSN 1200. Welcome back in the box, hour two here on TSN 1200. Lieber Sage in for Steve Lloyd with Graham Creech. Uh, before we get to our next guest, got another watch party. March 25th, Sens and the Devils at the joint. Second floor, Rito Carlton Casino. And dinner for two and access to the watch party. On March the 25th against the New Jersey Devils. So, 12-1200. You can text in. You have exactly 3 minutes and 20 seconds until 11.07. To be able to get your text in to 12-1200 to say that you want to go. March 25th, the Sens Watch Party against the Devils. You get daily cafe Italiano dining vouchers for two at Rito Carlton Raceway. Plus access to the watch party, get your text in at 12, 1200 before the 1107 mark. Graham Creech will pick a winner. Let's go to the Gabriel pizza hotline right now. We welcome the head coach of the Ottawa 67s, Mr. Dave Cameron coach. How are you this morning? Good. Thanks Lee. Nice to be able to talk to you again. Uh, as your team gets set here for the playoffs. Let's get to a couple of things before we get to the actual games. Uh, we heard the news officially last week about Tyler Boucher, torn labrum in his shoulder, and uh, will have surgery. Uh, maybe just a couple of thoughts on losing him in your lineup and what the young man has gone through because it has been a lot for him to try and stay healthy and try and stay on the ice and be productive for your team. I'm sure he has to be disappointed as well. Yeah, you feel terrible for Tyler because, uh, you know, he's he's had some real bad luck in terms of the injuries. And it's, um, you know, it's just one of those things that um, unfortunately happened. And it's not, it's nobody's fault. And, you know, any time that you get bitten a couple times with the injury bug and you're doing everything right in the process, uh, it's extremely frustrating and feel really terrible, uh, you know, for Tyler to, to have to go through that and, and then the second part of it is that, uh, you know, he's he a big loss for our hockey club. And uh, he's come in here and he's given us a real uh, great effort, plays with a lot of passion, a uh, real strong power forward that, with an NHL shot. And uh, we're certainly going to miss him. Uh, but uh, I know Todd is going to put the work in and uh, he'll, he'll be back uh, next year and be a real force for the Sens. Dave, uh, Kenny and I were uh, hosting a couple of shows during your training camp, and, and we spoke to Tyler, and you, you could see a motivated player back then, and uh, and he he said to us, like, I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of talking about my injury history. I I, I don't want to think about it anymore. I, I don't want it to be an issue. And um, he, he does ultimately suffer another one that ends his, his season. Is How, how do you... What's the message to a player like that, just to encourage them and, and to not get too down, I guess, because I'm, I'm sure that it's really tough mentally to for him to see his season end like that. 
Yeah, that's putting it mildly. You know, anytime, anytime the injury bug follows you around, there's probably a lot of second guessing, and, and it becomes even more frustrating when when you're putting the work in and you're, you know, you're training and and you know you're 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 doing everything right every day, and but it is a contact sport, and a uh, contact sport, uh, you know, there's there's a potential for for injuries, and uh, there's no other way around it. And, you know, it's frustrating and. I know I know Tyler is a strong person. I know he has great family support. Uh, I know he's got great support from us and from the sense. So Tyler will get through it. Um, you know, it'll it'll take a while. And but you know, once he once he gets his operation, gets back into training, he gets going again. Uh, I think the hockey player in him will kick in, and he'll realize that this is what he has to do now, and and he'll be all in in that. And uh, and like I said, he'll he'll put the work in, and and he'll come back and. I think the most frustrating thing about it all, you know, is the injuries or the number of injuries. But the most frustrating thing is all you got to talk about it. You know, pe- people, people want to, you know, question you about it and discuss it with you. And, and uh, you know, I suggest just get a T-shirt. You know, put your message out at that. Uh, <laughs> you know, enough of the injury talk. Uh, I'll put the work in. Yeah, but then you get good journalists like Graham who will like follow up questions after the T-shirt, and maybe it just no leads way. to more questions. It was more of a casual off-air question. He, <laughs> he was just like, and I, we didn't even ask it. He gave it to us. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. I think you feel bad for, for for the player and the human being just trying to get through and be healthy to see what where he can go and what the potential is. You've had to deal with them or without them for a little bit this season. Uh, how many uh, opportunities? I'm sure you have players kind of waiting to step into, you know, some pretty big roles on your team. You're a very deep team. Uh, how does this benefit some of the other guys on your team to maybe have uh, a bigger opportunity to help your club? Well, this isn't new to us. I mean, with with the guys with the guys that were gone to the World Juniors, we lost three guys to the World Junior, and with with uh, injuries, we lost guys at different times this year. The under seventeen program and that. So you know we we've actually been playing um, a lot with with six players and ten forwards, and so you combine that you know with the fact that last year we were really young and all the young guys played because the older guys were hurt. Uh, it's been a real real good opportunity for the young guys in this program, and uh, kudos to them. They've accepted the challenge. You know they put the work in, and you go back to last year. Um, you know, when, when our older guys were hurt and the young guys were, were thrown into the fire, you know, they they took some games and they took some some uh, shellackings. We could beat a couple times, 8-1, 7-1, by some of the bigger, more experienced teams in the league, but these guys didn't back down uh, in terms of competitiveness and in terms of sticking with it and in terms of, you know, not falling into that pit of the poor knees. And I think it's really shown this year. Again, those same guys come back with the heart of a lion. And we went through, like I said, a long period where we were down by the bare numbers and those guys just dug in. So uh, this is a special team uh, in terms of the character of, of our players. You pick up uh, four of six points in a, in a tough three, um, three and three weekend. Uh, how would you assess your team's play this weekend? Well, it was really tough. You know, we, we played at home and then, you know, we had to go halfway after the game on Friday, and then we're on the bus Saturday, played and played Sunday afternoon on the bus again. So real credit to them. Uh, you know, we we found ways in those first two games where where we weren't really on top of our game to get points, 
And then we went in, went into Hamilton yesterday, a team that's, you know, that's uh, well coached, well structured. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't give up a lot, uh, but we didn't generate a lot and, and full marks for them for, for that win. So uh, the travel and everything on our team and, and um, full marks to them. And, and we found ways. So we're coming home here now and we'll take today off. We'll regroup tomorrow and we're going to face an Oshawa team that's, that's much like Hamilton. Like they're, they're fighting for the playoff spot. And so we, we expect another tough game. And a Wednesday, 2 o'clock game for March break, it'll probably be pretty full, which is great. Uh, I do want to ask you about, you know, being in this position. You've coached probably and forgot about more games than the rest of us would know. But, you know, as your team is number one, and they're going to be number one going into the playoffs, how do you try to balance, you know, peaking at the right time, not getting injured, and how you handle that as a coach, because, you know, not all coaches are as fortunate to be able to be in the position they're fighting for their playoff lives uh, that you are. So is this difficult? Have you gone through this a number of times where you have a plan to how you're going to have your team peak at the right time? Well, like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get a punch in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, my, my theory has always been uh, regardless of, of you know, what type of team. And my theory has always been uh, you use a regular season to get your team healthy and, and playing its best hockey at playoff time. And, of course, you gear and prepare to win every game and stuff like that. But um, you don't I, – I don't, I don't push uh, to win every game to the point where I think it's detrimental to how we're going to be ready for the playoffs. Now, that said – uh, you know, because of the injuries that we've had um, and with limited lineup, you have no choice in that. You know, when you have limited lineup, you got to play guys. And, uh, you know, to the point where where that decision is taken out of your hands. So uh, we're hoping here uh, to get healthy uh, starting this week and, and we'll just gauge things. Uh, the more players you have ready for the playoffs in terms of experience, in terms of playing, I think the better chance your team has because it's a grind in the playoffs. And the one advantage of, of our young guys last year and the young guys this year because of the limited numbers we've had is that they've got lots of experience along those lines. So uh, we're just keeping our fingers crossed that coming into the playoffs, you know, we're going to be healthy. And, and uh, you know, to, to quote Jim Montgomery, Boston, you know, we'll be a tough out in the playoffs. Your schedule sets up that, you know, to what you were just talking about. You play Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock. We're going to have it for you, by the way, here on TSN 1200 on Wednesday afternoon. And then uh, your only game of the weekend is Friday night in Oshawa and not the easiest one-day trip in the world. But um, to not be able to play Saturday, Sunday, and to kind of get ready for the the next weekend, which is the last weekend of the regular season, uh, that must help you a little bit, knowing, okay, you can focus in this week. You got Wednesday afternoon, you got Friday night, and then you have some some more days to be able to prepare. And you know, it's it's the schedule is what it is, and and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, we we had an unbelievable February travel wise, you know, with three on trees and, and being on the road. Uh, but last week we caught a break, didn't play Saturday Sunday, so we got some break, uh, and we're gonna have the same thing coming up here this weekend. So we're gonna take we're gonna take full advantage of that. But I mean, from from I won't say Christmas, but from from 
the middle of January on, I think like most coaches and most teams, you know, in the grind, especially the grind of February, we're well aware of, of the toll it takes on these guys and, and how hard it is. So, you know, we, we've been really aware and, and, and readjusted our schedule to rest is a, is a big part of it. Cause like I said, we got a lot of still because we're young, we still got a lot of guys in school and, and we're demanding off ice and, and younger does a great job with them off ice too. But, but, uh, you know, we recognize that we have to, we have to manage the energy because there's no system in place for hockey. If your team is no energy. And so we're very cognizant of that. And, and we, you know, we're, the good thing about this team too, and it, again, it alludes to the characters. They practice really hard, and the good thing about that is, and you can really shorten your practices up. So the schedule is what it is. Uh, when it gets tough, we just accept it as a challenge, and uh, we get a bit of a break. Uh, I think uh, after this weekend, but it's it's a quick turnaround for us. Like you look at what we just come off on the weekend, and then play again an afternoon game on Wednesday, which is going to be exciting because. It's March break, and the fans here have been terrific, but it's a quick turnaround for these guys. And so we really look forward to, to the, just the two games this week and, and use that to, to get ready for the end up three and three. You, know, you can have these discussions uh, with people like you because, you know, when a lot of people here, and we've been talking about the Senators and other things, like the schedule is not an excuse. As you said, it is what it is. You have to go through it. All teams have to go through it, but you guys have just managed it so, so well. So can you maybe just take us a little bit more inside what a weekend like the weekend you just had was? Because you mentioned you played Friday night at home, and then you had to go to Niagara to play the following night, and then in Hamilton on Sunday afternoon. So just from some of the logistics of how all of that works, what is it like for you and the players? Well, it's, it's like I said, it's the great thing about junior hockey is, is that, is that, you know, it's, you're dealing with a lot of young, young, I call kids, that's not fair, young, a lot of young men in, in the league as such. And, and that, that you, you never, you never know exactly what's going on, right? And Boydie and I go way back to our days in Mississauga and then we had what was called the seatbelt rule where if things went right for two days and you come in the third day at work, you put your seatbelt on because something's coming down the pipe. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a disgruntled agent. It's going to be a disgruntled parent. Something's going to happen in school or something debilitating. So that, that's, that's, you know, the, the, the exciting part of dealing, dealing with, with teenage. But so we, we played home here and, and we gave the guys some time to, to you know, do a cool down. The younger was in with his group to make sure they flushed some lactic acid. We had a meal. We got on the bus. Uh, we bus three hours. We stayed in Belleville. Uh, we checked in there, you know, one o'clock, and we were up the next morning for breakfast at nine on the road again at ten. Uh, went right to our to our hotel. Uh, we stayed just outside of Hamilton, right to our hotel. Uh, checked in, walked across the street, had pregame meal. Went back, had about an hour and a half, got on the bus, uh, went into went into Niagara, played the game in Niagara, uh, come back and at the hotel and had that quick turnaround for the two o'clock game. So that's all and that's all pretty pretty straightforward stuff. But a couple things happened in there that always makes it exciting is that um, when we're on the way to the rink after we dropped the guys off for the pregame meal, uh, Hammy, the bus driver, went down the to drop the gear off of Niagara and some ice fell off the overpass and broke the windshield. Oh, and, really? And so you had that to deal with. And then when we get up Sunday morning, 
Uh, normally, we just have our have our breakfast. Uh, most of the hotels we stay at have a continental breakfast there that that we just use that to, to start our day out. But uh, we we had changed hotels, and this hotel we went into didn't have a continental breakfast. So uh, I got a hold of Norm, who handles all that, and I said, Norm, I don't think there's a breakfast there. So being the being the trooper, Norm was he was on the phone. There was a chorus down the street. We got the bus. He had a bed. Jumped on the bus, went down the chorus, had breakfast. So it was it was kind of like the Marines, you know. You had to adapt, and uh, and so that was that was our trip. We got home last night. We got home last night around eleven thirty, and uh, smooth sailing along that line. So that was a that was our road trip. And like I said, it's a quick turnaround here. We'll practice tomorrow, probably forty minutes, and then looking forward to an exciting afternoon game here on Wednesday. We appreciate you taking us through the logistics because we wouldn't know necessarily that. I mean, things like ice falling off an overpass and hitting your bus and smashing the windshield. I mean, what a that just puts such a a fork in the plans of what you're trying to do, and you're you're tight for time as it is. So that those are some of the little things I think that people don't understand, and and where junior hockey becomes so fascinating is how. You know, young adults adapt to different situations that are thrown at them last minute, and how they still need to have to be at their best. and And it's an it's an incredible journey along the way to be able to to do that, isn't it, Coach? Well, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. That, that's the that's the excitement of of dealing in in junior is is you know is to you know expect expect the unexpected and that too. But I. I, I have a great story here just to finish up. So we, we played Mississauga, so they come in, and you know where the ramp is towards at the end of the rink. That's where they unload. And so they were getting off the bus, and, of course, you have the pavilion right there, right? So they get off. And so I know the uh, the equipment guy in Mississauga because I was there for years, and he was telling me when they were getting off the bus, one of the young players asked him if that was Parliament. <laughs> and so... So you know, I, I I tell everybody I'm I'm writing a book that I and the title of my book is I've seen it all, but I can't seem to get that last chapter in because there's always one more story, and that's what make it that's what makes it really really exciting. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and it sounds like yeah. you know between wins and losses, you guys have won a lot more than you've lost, but it's about the journey and how you prepare as a team to get to where you want to be, and. You know, hopefully you can do that healthy. Uh, what an opportunity for people on March break to come out Wednesday afternoon, two o'clock. The Oshawa Generals fighting for their uh, playoff lives and spots in the playoffs. You play Oshawa back to back here Wednesday and Friday night. So really appreciate your time. It's great to catch up with you, Coach, and uh, we'll be seeing you down at the rink. Uh, a lot of us here from the radio station fans will be down uh, for the end of the regular season in the playoffs. Thanks, Nate. The fans have been great, so we we uh, we really really appreciate the support we've got. Thanks, Coach. You're yeah. welcome. There goes Dave Cameron, head coach of the Ottawa 67s, on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators, and I love hearing those stories. It really is junior hockey. Expect the unexpected and. Uh, when you're on the road and little things that you'd never, ever, ever think of just pop up and you got to be ready for them. And then you not only have to be ready for them, you have to try and understand what a 16, a 17, an 18-year-old kid 
and how they're going to have to adapt to it. I, I don't know that, Graham, when you've been on the road and I've been on the road, things happen between meals not being there and buses breaking down and like all the other things that would go into walking into Belleville at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning and something's not right with the room or whatever it is. You just got to keep going. You have to adapt. He's such a good storyteller, Dave Cameron. I love talking to coach. He was just taking some shots at uh, Kenny off the air a little bit, too. Oh, good. So that was good. That, why, that... why would he do that off of the air? <laughs> He's done it on the air before. What a prime opportunity with Kenny not here to be able to do it. I I, I just have I have a lot of respect for, for Coach and the way that he's been put in some different situations in his life and uh, how he's handled it. And as he said, they expect a lot of their kids off the ice as well. So not an easy schedule on the weekend. They won two of three. And they only have five games left. And then the real season begins. Lever Sage, Graham Creature in the box. Come back, uh, talk some more sense. Maybe a little Briar, maybe a little university sports. Lots going on from the weekend. Just listen to the music, Graham. That's all. It's got the. You can turn it up. It's got a. Yeah. Got the Did beat. you see I played uh, Chili Peppers coming in here because you don't get to have that on your normal show? I didn't notice, to be honest with you. Focused on the coach. But thanks for that. Not one of my favorite bands either. But Oh, I thought you liked them. You just couldn't play them. No. Um, I do got to say congratulations to Brandon. Chica, chica, yeah, chica, chica, chica. We're going to get our drinks on. We're going to party and get crunk and rock out, dude. Blades of Steel. Wow! It's a lot of drops, Brandon. It's only three. With Lloydie, I usually do like eight. You're going to the oh, watch. Out. Oh, he stole on him. He fired on Cuz. Hold on now. Oh, get it cracking in. Let's go. Snoop Dogg in the house. Let me see some. Brandon's going to the watch party. Sends and Devils, March 25th. Back with more in the box on TSN 1200. Now, back to In the Box on TSN 1200. Welcome back in the box here on TSN 1200. Libra Sage Graham Creech with you. Some good tunes here from the creature. We'll get to some more texts at 12, 1200, but can tell you that uh, we already gave away tickets to the watch party for the Ottawa senators and the devils. So why don't we actually give some tickets to a game? March the 30th, send some flyers Four tickets. We're just going to give them away right now. So it's 11.29. Uh, Creech gives me the, okay, 30, 
1134. You have to text in 121200. Make sure your name, email would be helpful. 121200. Your name and your email. A four pack of tickets to go see the Ottawa Senators and the Philadelphia Flyers. Coming up on March the 30th, texting at 12-1200, put your name and your email, and you could be off to that game. And for the Ottawa Senators, again, not very good uh, on the weekend, and really a disappointing weekend, I think, from a lot of different aspects. So... I know we talked about it in the first hour. It's like, (laughs) I'm not used to doing in the box. And I think for people that they don't, they didn't have a very good weekend when it came to watching the Senators. And I'm sure there was some disappointment. But it's amazing to me how many people don't want to hear what the real problems are. Oh, it's a young team. We're good. Okay, that's, that's fine. But... It's also fine to look inward to see, okay, why is this team not coming up with the attention to detail, the the work? They're not going to win every game. We totally understand that. But what they can do is be competitive. And quite frankly, in three of the four games on this road trip, they have not been competitive. And that's the surprising thing about it. Uh, But let's turn our attention a little bit to the world of curling because coming up April 1st through 9th, the Men's Worlds at TD Place and Brad Gushu and his Team Canada rink, they capture a second consecutive and a fifth briar in seven years. Just an incredible achievement by a team that has had to go up against some of the best teams in the world. And watching them beat Matt Dunstone, uh, where they really pulled away last night, was the eighth end tie game. There had not been an end where multiple points were scored. And uh, Brad Gushu, with a couple of unbelievable shots from him and his team, the eighth end, uh, got three. Now, they gave up two in the ninth. And, yes, they came home with the hammer, up one in the tenth. But Matt Dunstone never gave up, and he was so good all week long that he made Brad end up drawing for the victory to make sure that he was going to win. But to be able to do this in a time where the super teams are getting together more and more, and it's one of the things I noticed more about the Briar this year than in other years. And certainly they have changed the format where the wildcard teams, one, two, and three are in. They're getting more of the best teams from around the country in. I mean, Brendan Botcher was wildcard one. They ended up losing in the semis, but they're one of the best teams in the world. Uh, Reed Carruthers, unbelievable team. He was wildcard Number two. So they've gotten better teams into the Canadian championships. And it's a who's who of curling around the world. Nicholas Eden's the best curler in the world, period. Out of Sweden. 
And there's some other great teams around the world. Canada does it differently. We've talked over and over about this, about the way that Canada does it and how big of a deal the Briar and the Scotties are and how prestigious they are. And that other countries simply focus in on the worlds and the Olympics. And, you know, they might have a couple of playdowns, but for the most part, they name their teams for the next couple of years. They end up going in and, you know, being together all of the time where we didn't know until last night that Brad Gushu is going to represent Canada in two and a half weeks where other countries knew long, long before. And I'm not sure there's a right or wrong way, but the Briar and the Scotties are so institutional in this country that I, I just don't think that you can get away from it. It doesn't give Canada the advantage when they go to the worlds like it does with some other countries that have focused in on this for a long time. But creature for Brad Gushu to win last night and it was Matt Dunstone that was undefeated. It was Brendan Botcher in wildcard one. It was some really good teams. I mean, Mike McEwen made an unbelievable shot in the elimination game to get to the semifinals for Team Ontario. It's the era of the super team where people are moving to different provinces and joining up with different teams and taking on different responsibilities. Within curling, not everyone needs to be the skip. But the old-fashioned way is now the skip is calling all the shots and throwing last rocks, and everybody else just kind of does what they say. The new way is to have a combination, and maybe your best person to throw shots isn't your best person to call strategy. And we've seen that a lot. We saw that Rachel Holman's team and Scotty's, right? Tracy Flurry called the strategy, Rachel Holman threw last rock. So there's a new way of doing things. People are putting their egos aside, which I love about the sport of curling, where skips are being thirds, thirds are moving down to second, and it doesn't matter. It's all an important role on the team. I actually really appreciate that, Graham, about curling the most. It's like, I don't know how many sports have people put their egos aside and technically move down the roster, even though they're not really. Like, it's a group of four, and when you put equal importance on all four people, you can do some some better things. And I always remember Coach uh, Bob Dice in football, and I know we're talking curling, but when Bob Dice was interviewed about the special teams and when he got the interim job and whether he's going to be the head coach or not for the Ottawa Red Blacks, one of the things he always said to me and said to a lot of people that stuck was that I might not be the head coach, but the special teams, I am the head coach of the special teams. So there's nobody like Yes, we report to the head coach and stuff, but I'm in control. My role is no more or no less than any other coach's job on the staff. There's no, I'm the seventh coach 
because I'm the special teams coach. No, I'm the head coach of a particular group. And that's what I find curling is now, where people are putting their egos aside and saying, okay, there might be somebody else better to call strategy, even though I might be the person who has the ice in their veins and can throw the last rock. Maybe there's somebody else that can do this. I mean, Emma Miskew moved down to second. When she described it here on the station, it's like, well, no, it's an important role for everyone. Like, we want to win. We don't care about being the third or being the skip. If we're not winning, we want to win. And the super teams are coming, and they've been coming for a while, and they'll continue to come because of what we're having, which makes what Brad Gushu has done five briars in seven years an incredible achievement. Okay, you mentioned the super teams. Is that, um, excuse my ignorance, I just don't follow curling that closely. Is there a rule about how you can join a province? Yeah, you have to live there for a certain period of time. Okay, so you you can't be like the second best skip in Manitoba and decide to team up on a stud Ontario team or something. Yeah, you can. That's what I'm asking. So you have to... You got to move. So you have to move? Yeah. And then live there for a year before you can do that? Uh, It's not a year. So they're... I'd have to get the exact date, but it's not a year. But you have so to. It's, it's not difficult. But you have to live there for a certain amount of time. But no, but there are some family considerations. Yeah. Well, yeah, of where, course. And Same I th- with professional sports. I know it's a lot different because you're no, not but making I, I th- millions of dollars. I think but. one of the good examples uh, before was you know Brent Lang and Jennifer Jones were married, but they had teams that they wanted to play on, and they had to live in different provinces. Like, even though they're married and have kids, they had to move. Like, you don't, you can't just, oh, I got an address in, you know, oh, what some people, I was just watching Friday Night Lights uh, last night, and there was an example of, you know, somebody not living in the right spot. and Movie or show? The show. It's an incredible show. It is. Uh, but, you know, the mailbox was up, but there was no home there. Well, the kids wanted to play with Dylan. Oh, you got to move to East Dylan, pal. Um, <laughs> but there is none of that. Like, there's there's a lot of back Listen, if you want to play for the province, you got to move to the province. You have to live there for a certain amount of time. So those are some of the sacrifices that people are going through to be able to do that. And that's a lot easier said than done when it comes to work, when it comes to because all of these people work. Nobody sits home and rests on their curling laurels making millions of dollars. They don't. So they have jobs. They have other responsibilities. And some of them have to move. And that's not an easy thing to be able to do. No, for sure. But I, I just mean in terms of, like, if, if that's the decision you've made you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it's It's relatively easy to, like, you just basically have to move and spend some time Living in the new province. Yes. Which is okay. Again. I know you. I know what you're saying from a logistical sam- standpoint. It's easy. But no, re- I just meant in, in terms life, of the rules, it's easy. Yeah. I, I understand that there's family and school and kids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just mean, if you've made the decision, that's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You just have to move and spend time living there. It, there's a, there's a certain period of time. 
I gave people until. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't pick a winner yet because I didn't know what your cutoff time was. Thirty-four. Okay, so that eliminates I think uh, I start... two people that I have as potential winners. You just I... broke a couple hearts, Lee. No, Graham. No, no, I didn't because I said thirty-four from the beginning. And was this? I I stepped out of the studio for a second. Yeah. Is this for sense tickets? Yeah. Okay. Sense flyers, March the thirtieth. Okay. Four pack of tickets. This is a big deal. And there's a lot of people in. So just so you know, it was 11.34. Okay, well. Because uh, they did it at, I think, 29.30, something like that. So I gave them, gave them four and a half minutes. It's a long time. I like the fact that they're still coming in. <laughs> well, we got to announce a winner then. Don't we? Who's we? You? We collect as a show, as yes, a team. As a team. That's the guy who you did give away sends flyers tickets, right? <laughs> but first, I got to apologize for the the initial winner that I thought, but came in too late. What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. Pain. Good thing I didn't reach out to that person because your time cut off. So I got to say congratulations to Jillian. We're gonna get our drinks on. We're gonna party and get crunk and rock out, dude. That's absolutely sick. Tight, 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 yeah. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. <laughs> wow. It's absolutely sick. <laughs> Miss Kibushi. Well, congratulations, Jillian. Where to go? Just gonna contact Jillian now. Let her know how. Uh... She'll receive the tickets. Excellent. Uh, but quite a Briar final last night, and uh, you couldn't ask for anybody going in to the Worlds with more experience than Brad Gushu. Understanding what needs to be done, being here at home, being in Ottawa. The best curlers in the world coming April 1st through 9th, the Men's World Curling Championships at TD Place. and. Pretty incredible that we get to host another event like this. And I know the 67s get kicked out of their spot for a while. Hopefully that's just a blip for them and they'll be well on to, you know, rounds two and three in the playoffs after the Briar is there or the the, the Briar, the World Curling Championships. Uh, the Briar just finishing. But there was some unbelievable curling going on, especially this weekend. In the elimination games, you had Kevin Cooey, you had Mike McEwen, you had Matt Dunstone, you had Brendan Botcher, you had Brad Gushu. Just some incredible teams. And only one could come out. And Brad Gushu did for Team Canada. So congratulations to him. And we'll see Brad in his rank down at TD Place. TSN 1200. We'll be all over it. Shows will be down there. I'll be down there. Creature be down there. Can't be too loud, Creature, when that happens, though, okay? Can't be. Yeah, I have experience when covering sense practice when we used to go in the lower bowl. Yeah. And uh, whoever would be coaching, whether it was DJ Smith or back in the Guy Boucher, Dave Cameron, whatever, they come over and they're... They're on the whiteboard. They're on the whiteboard. Shh, gotta be quiet. Yeah. Have the golf talk voices on the, on the radio here. Worst position... I was ever in in a situation like that. You were just lighting someone up, weren't you? No, was with Steve Lloyd. 
and we were at the world, um, with not the world, the Canadian Track and Field Championships at Mooney's Bay, and they put us like right on the starting line, right on the starting line. So the show was going on, and we're getting into everything we're getting into, and all of a sudden. You'd hear the the runners are getting set. And you hear that kind of before the gun goes off, the set, and they can't jump. And you can't make a sound. You have to be silent in this kind of five, ten seconds. And sometimes there'd be a false start. And you'd have to do it again. But between the glass, you and I are about six, seven feet away. That's, we were closer at the starting line of the Canadian track and field championships. And all you're thinking is that these people <laughs> have put in just an incredible amount of work to get to this point, not to have Lever Sage and Steve Lloyd talking while they're trying to run the race of their lives. <laughs> it was unbelievable. We'll take a quick break. Come back with more Eric Macromella at the top of the hour. Gord Wilson will join us after one o'clock. Coming off a tough weekend. The Ottawa Senators got a rebound and fast in Edmonton at the end of a trip to face the Oilers tomorrow night. And we'll have it for you here on TSN 1200. Now, back to In the Box on TSN 1200. Now, I'm always critical of In the Box when I listen. Welcome back, Lever Sage, Graham Creech. Lordy lets the music breathe way too much. Creech lets the music breathe way too much. But you know what? When it's Razor Ramon, uh, I could let it breathe forever. Maybe that's what's happening to Lordy. Just every song he just loves so much. This is what I do. I cater to him. I yep. play his Metallica. and Yeah. He's a big rumors guy as well. So I'll put some Fleet, Fleetwood on every now and then. Uh, definitely got to hit up a couple of songs from uh, his favorite. Um, well, I'm blanking on the name. <laughs> well, I don't what's know the, the what's answer. What's the movie with Mark Wahlberg? He's a porn star. Why am I? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Wow. Loves uh, Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah. He? he loves his, okay. his Boogie Nights. Hey, Graham. Yo. What's the biggest issue with the Sens power play? Our TSN1200.ca web poll of the day is brought to you by the Tool and Equipment Store. Three options. Is it the setup? Is it personnel or is it puck luck? Huh. Well, I'm not putting puck luck. Um, definitely not. Um, I appreciate the fact that whoever made this question put that third option in. Um, if you vote for that. Yeah, that ain't it. That ain't it, folks. I, I was thinking, like, before, I actually, normally, I always read the web pool question uh, earlier in the day, so you, I always know what it is before we actually tackle it on the show. I hadn't, I hadn't glanced at it yet, um, so I didn't know what the options were going to be in my head. I was thinking, do you know the results? No, I haven't clicked on them yet. Okay, good. So I was thinking, I'm like, 
execution maybe because I don't know if I, I for sure wanted to go all in on setup or personnel because there were times where this power play is one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. So immediately my my mind went to execution because I don't I don't think there I don't think there's enough movement right now. Uh, I think both in terms of the puck and and uh, and the players moving around, um, especially that they're they're so bad right now that other penalty kills that aren't good like Vancouver's, which is was operating at sixty eight percent before Ottawa's game, worst in the league or second worst in the league is thirty first or thirty second. They're awful. Uh, they were super aggressive because you know why? Nobody's moving over there, and they they know that their power play is sucking right now, and and they were they were an easy target. So immediately I went to execution. That's not an option. I am absolutely not picking puck luck because it's not puck luck. <sighs> this is a well thought out answer. I don't think it's. I, I'm going to go with personnel, and I, the reason I'm picking that is 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 that's how I think. Maybe you fix it. Um, in terms of who's out there right now, I, I don't know how much moving around and setting it up uh, will, will will get it going again. I think, and I hope Shabbat's okay uh, health-wise. Um, I, I think part of the lack of movement, he when it, when it was really moving, he was moving the puck well. He was scoring goals from back there, but um, I think the fact is he's not a big shooting threat from uh, from the point. Um, and this isn't just oh let's let's get the shiny new toy and get Chikrin out there. I, I think they'd need uh, either a shooting option there in, in a Chikrin, or you, I, I give Sanderson some looks the the way that um, he sees the game and and can walk that line and and make plays um, quickly with with a lot of movement in his edge work. I I think that could be an option as well. Um, but I uh, something needs to change. And I and I'm, I'm I know I'm picking on Shabbat here, um, but that that's. That's the top of the power play. That's the power play quarterback, right? Like how, how it kind of runs. So I, I think that's part of it. Um, but I I would move I would move some other pieces around too. So I, I voted. Ended up voting with personnel. Okay, don't click on it yet. I just did. Oh, so you saw the percentages? Yeah. Okay. Uh, setup fifty nine percent, personnel thirty percent, and puck lock eleven percent. Eleven percent of the people, you have no idea what is happening out there right now. Um, you have no idea. So eleven percent, I've, I can't even imagine what your explanation would be to think that it's puck luck, because things go up and down on a power play. And this team has been really good when they've had a good power play, but when it's not going well, it's not only not effective; it's actually costing them big time. As far as seven shorthanded goals and massive shorthanded goals, shorthanded goals that change the course of a hockey game. And when the same people are out there making those mistakes, and it's not all about Thomas Shabbat. Again, I, I know again, I, it yeah. sounded like I'm picking on him. No, no, there, but I'm saying that one. too. Uh, yesterday, I think JR even put it out. There's three guys back to two Calgary guys. What was DeBrinket doing? I have no idea, and that's how I, I appreciate he's not a defenseman. No, but but <laughs> there was no defending whatsoever going on there. And that's, when you outman the opposition, but that's been multiple, multiple times. That is not a one-off for him or anybody else coming back. It's like they have no idea when they're skating back into their own zone what their responsibilities are. 
So if they're not going to do it for you, good teams change up their, know that their power plays aren't going to click it. Well, unless you're Edmonton. They're not going to click it over 30% for the entire year. So while it's going well, you have a certain group. And when it's not going well, it's okay to put other people out there so that you still have a chance to score and you're not going to get scored on against. Seven power play goals, seven goals, shorthanded, given up since the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break, every single time the Sens have got a power play, they're even. They are lucky to even be close to a playoff race with that. Very fortunate. But the answer here is personnel. And that has to do with the coach. That has to do with, it's okay to not just throw the same five guys out there all the time. Because that's who your power play is. Again, to me, when I say personnel... I actually kind of mean the coach. Because if you're making a couple of mistakes, then put somebody else out there that's not going to make the mistakes, that's going to get the puck to the net, that aren't going to just throw the puck east-west and are going to start driving towards the net until something changes. And they're not going to be your power play forever. You You can go back to the guys beforehand, but when it's not working and it's costing you games and it's in your head, change the people. It's good to know, Graham, there's 30% of the people out there thinking clearly on a Monday morning. 70% aren't. But it's Monday morning, daylight savings, all that stuff. It's a tough morning to be ready to go. You know who's always ready to go? Eric Macromala. Lots of stuff to talk to him about. Between the NFL, the NBA. Always good to catch up with Eric. We'll catch up with Gord Wilson. Find out what's going on with this team as they go into Edmonton. Continue on into Hour 3 in the box on TSN 1200.